It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, your usually weekly breakdown of everything going on in Districts 1 and 2 in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey. This guy is Ryan Skaggs. What's up? How you doing, Skaggs? I'm doing well. I'm probably a little bit more rested than you are. Maybe you got some sleep finally this weekend after a busy uh, Thursday, Friday stretch for you. So, yeah, yeah four four state football championships in Holt Arena last week. Uh, it was pretty crazy. We did our uh, live state football preview show last week. That was kind of the placeholder for the prep cast last week. <clears throat> and then two weeks ago, you know, I had every intention of doing the, the prep cast, but uh, this thing called life just got in the way, which it does sometimes. Um, it's funny how that happens. <laughs> I know. Right. So, so it's been a couple of weeks. I know people are probably wondering like, what the heck are you guys doing? Like, let's, let's get so it. It's going. probably mostly Mr. Forsman's class at Kendrick high school is probably wondering more than anybody where we've been. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, so I've been dealing with some, some personal stuff where uh long story short, Ryan, I think most of our listeners know I live in Pocatello. I live over in East Idaho, but very soon I'm actually going to be moving to where you are up in Coeur d'Alene, North Idaho. Look how we glitched really hard right there. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that you're going to be headed up this way. That's pretty cool to finally have another uh, colleague in the neighborhood. That was a really weird spot to, to freeze up to. That was super funny, but yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm pumped about that. You know, when people hear back, hear this back, uh, it's going to be like really a dramatic pause and then <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> yeah i don't know it glitched super hard on my end and it like froze up and like slowed down so i was like uh i'm gonna wait just a second until to see if this clears up so yeah no that's awesome to have you in the neighborhood and uh we'll be able to probably do some more stuff here in north idaho too which would be great yeah for sure so we're excited about that but that's where i was two weeks ago i was actually in Coeur d'Alene, uh helping my wife with her uh you know uh, job transfer in the interview and all that good stuff so uh anyways we're back at it we're going to be on the regular rotation now you know weekly doing the breakdown and so um let's close the book on the fall sports season here ryan two weeks ago i wanted to talk about state swimming really quickly because it had just happened it's now been a couple of weeks but you know the teams from the north did well like they always do I think we got to start with the the 5A girls and the Lake City Timberwolves, your 5A state champs with 260 points. Congratulations to the Lake City girls for winning the 5A swim title. Yeah, that's a that's a big feat to repeat. I mean, they were state champs last year with a good lineup. We knew there was a bunch of of girls coming back and then and the boys showed out really well too. I mean, they did had a great finish as well and um so 5A swimming I think was pretty well represented by by a few North Idaho schools, but um, yeah, Lake City girls, you know, obviously kind of, I don't want to say coasted, but like definitely had a, a really great showing um, at the state swim meet. And 4A was super competitive as well. Yeah. So Gabby Garaski, uh, double winner for Lake City. She won the 100 butterfly and the 100 backstroke. She set a new state record in the butterfly uh, with the time of 56.24 seconds. The previous record was 56.72 set by Brianna Ruark of Skyview. Last year. Funny. Yeah. Funny story about Gabby is that I used to work with her dad and that was when she was in like grade school and she was like super active and swimming and everything. And I was like, so is she good? He's like, oh yeah, she'll be a state champion. And I'm like, just nonchalant kind of said it like just 
like matter of factly and and sure enough like yeah here she is in like another year later and, and some more state championships added to the to the mix yeah it's <laughs> pretty funny so congratulations to gabby garaski of lake city double champ and the lake city girls of course uh lake city boys took second overall uh boise ran away with the title i mean 300 and Almost 400 points by the Boise boys. Nobody was catching them. Uh, Steven Griffith of Lake City was your 500 freestyle champ. That's like the most rigorous event to me because you're going, I mean, 500 meters. That's a lot of, that's a lot of upbacks. Uh, yeah, that's, that's some distance there to, to do that. So, I mean, I would certainly probably tap out probably around the 200 mark, but to keep going is, that's a, that's a, that's a jaunt in the pool and, and hats off to, to great showing from, from these guys around here there's the, these kids really put in the work and i work out actually at the croc center and so i see a lot of these teams practicing and just the the effort that goes into yep for sure i think ryan glitched out again so <laughs> uh yeah so stephen griffith of lake city wins the 500 freestyle i have freestyle. no idea what's going on with my internet right now <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all right no worries uh the lake city girls also won the 200 freestyle relay sylvia stroud demi blaylock tristan sylph and quinn taylor the anchor there and then at the 4a competition uh the 4a girls sandpoint took third overall with 203 points um skyview finished first at 209 bk was second at 208 sandpoint third at 203 so only six points away from the title really close really competitive 4a girls competition and then for your 4a boys sandpoint uh won the 200 freestyle relay mccoy jensen kale wright lon leblanc and caleb norling with a time of 135.07 so congrats to all of our swimmers that went down and competed and represented north idaho a lot of fun yeah no that was a great job and once again north idaho shows up in the pool that's for sure Definitely. All right. Well, let's uh, close the book on football season as well. It's time for, you know, I really should get like uh, fancy music to play underneath this. It's time for another edition of the Skaggsies Awards. <laughs> da, na, 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 na. Anyways. <laughs> I feel like the old um, like NFL music. The dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> right. We You did this during basketball season. You did it last year during football season. Um, I, ca I call it the Skaggsies Awards, but it really it's your all North Idaho football team. And it is a robust group of individuals this year. It's a lot yeah. of good players. Well, last year it was District 1 only. So this yeah. year, now that we've picked up District 2, I had to split between the two. And um, gosh, there's just too many good players to leave off this list. Um, and so we try, and I even was very diligent in adding um, big school and small school kids. Like there's there's some guys at the lower levels that can play with the big boys too. And um, so this list is going to be pretty comprehensive and, and definitely – you know, well-deserved and well-earned from a lot of these, these athletes. Yeah. So we're going to go position by position here, uh, give you the, the players that made the team. And then we've got some awards to hand out at the end as well. Yep. So let's start on the offensive side of the ball, Ryan, and we will start with your offensive lineman that made the all North Idaho team. It's going to scroll across the bottom, like the ESPN ticker here. So here's what we've got. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so no. we've of uh, Sandpoint, Preston Jeffs of Lakeland, Carson Laybourne of Sandpoint, 
um, Logan Snar of Lewiston, Dallas Morgan of Kendrick, Miles Keeson of Post Falls, Brent Ludiker of Post Falls, and the cooler name of all the group, Taylor Winkle-Cotter from Lakeland. Um, looking at this group right off the bat, I mean, it's kind of a who's who on the offensive front, I think, statewide. Um, but, I mean, just some dudes. And some guys that I think, you know, I talk, saw them play against Skyline. I said that that might be the best running offensive line in the state. Um, you know, and and it's it's pretty evident. I mean, we saw you saw them play against Skyline last year, but – um, you know, and then I don't, did you have the game where they played Pocatello too? Yeah. So you, so you got to watch them play pokey as well. And, um, you know, that they were road graders up front. And then obviously we know Laybourne and Darrell, you saw them against skyline, uh, in the semifinals, just a great group of guys. They work super hard. That senior tandem, they will be playing at the next level. Um, Logan Snar, a guy from Lewiston, I think kind of flies under the radar. Um, that he's just so consistent up front, a big kid. He works hard. Um, he's getting looks from at the next level too, especially at the FCS level. Um, and a guy to, to keep your eyes on. I mean, he's just, you know, somebody you have to account for in the offensive line. Um, the two dudes from post falls, that was a group I, I looked at that, you know, the guys that you'll see later in this group and, and, you know, you'll see the, they were the bell cows up front as far as on the offensive front, but it helped, you know, bust guys in the running game like Bustamante and Burns from Post Falls. They have to give the credit to the guys up front because that line did a great job this year for Post Falls uh, with Keeson and Ludiker. And then the small school guy is a guy that you didn't get to see in the playoffs, but when you saw him in the regular season, um, he's just a dude that stands out, and that's Dallas Morgan. I don't care what level he plays at, he's starting. Um, he, he would be a starter at the 5A level. He would be a starter at the 1A D2 level. He's just that kind of athlete. He's a big kid. He's 6'3", 255, just a good-sized kid, but he works hard. Um, he's got great movement. Um, so definitely, I think, a well-deserved spot for Dallas. He got hurt just before the playoff run, um, which I was hoping that he would be able to be back for the state championship game, and he just wasn't going to be able to go. Um, so a great season from that group, and uh, I think a very well-deserved group of uh, gentlemen that, that need the, the kudos, that offensive line is, I mean, that'd be, if I had that as a coach, I'd be doing okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think my personal favorite from this group, obviously the two standpoint guys, but Preston Jeffs, the left tackle from Lakeland, big dude, really good at pile driving. And um, yeah, eh, you can't go wrong but with any moves. of these guys. I mean, he's a big guy, but yeah. he can move well. And that's something that you don't always see from a high school kid. And he just moves well in space and he's aggressive as I'll get out. Definitely. And so I've put these in by alphabetical order. It's not like, oh, the guy that's listed first is Wyland Durrell from Sandpoint. It's not that he's the best. They're all equally good. I just put them in, in alphabetical order. So that's how they're. Yeah. No, they're all 1A, B, 1C, 1D. Like they're all ones. Like, let's just put it that way. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's move on to our next uh, position here on offense. We'll go to the, the skill positions. Now let's take a look at the tight ends. Three of them here. Uh, pretty good. I guess I don't really need the ticker for three names, but it's going to do it anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Break so that. Got, uh, yeah. Asher Bowie of post falls, uh, James white of Lewiston and Matthias McLean of priest river. Um, I mean, need we say more those three names, you, you look at the tight end position. It's obviously one of those ones that's kind of overlooked, I think in high school football now, um, but guys that'll get mixed up in the in the blocking schemes. I mean, they block well. Um, you'll see them run the ball once in a while, like kind of as an H back. They'll flex, and then they you can obviously see them in the passing game too. And those guys, 
uh, are game changers at the tight end position. And, and definitely, I think each individual person, um, you remove them from that that spot on the, on the team. And I think that, you know, there's a difference. There's a definite hole, if I'm going to say that, um, in, in the lineup if you don't have those three guys in your in that spot. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, look at guys like Asher Bowie had a great year. He was obviously um, first team Inland Empire League and well-deserved. Uh, Matthias McLean, you know, was, you know, going to play at the University of Idaho. He's just a freak show of an athlete and a, a guy that just, you know, he shows up. doesn't matter what side of the ball on, he's on. He's going to be making, you know, those huddle highlight films. And then James White, you know, you, he's so multiple, you can put him flexed up anywhere on offense. And, He's going to make a difference for you. So that definitely that that group of three right there is um, not a lot of teams use a tight end. So like that's also another reason why there's only three. But um, they're definitely the three most deserving, in my opinion. Definitely. All right, let's move out to wide out then. Here are the wide receivers, and man, this these are some dudes. These are some guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, wide receiver, we've got Colby Luna of Kellogg. We know about him and leading the country in receiving yards. Um, I mean, that's not. I didn't stutter when I said that, like leading the country in receiving yards. Um, <clears throat> at least he was going into the postseason. So just a great, a great uh, career for, for Ke the Kellogg player, Max Frank from Sandpoint. I mean, you could put him at wide receiver. You could put him at running back. It doesn't matter where you put him. I mean, heck for all we know, we could see him at quarterback next year in some, some of the sets who knows if they're in a wildcat, but just a freak of an athlete, great kid works so dang hard. Um, and he's a game changer for, for the Bulldogs and was a big reason in their run this year. Um, so deep in the postseason. Uh, Trevor Hogley from Lake City, I think, is a kid that gets overlooked a little bit because of Zach Johnson being on the team, too. Um, but I mean, a big rangy kid. He's like six four, six five. can get up the field as a receiver. He's physical and go up and get the ball. He had a great game against Sandpoint um, when we had that game here on IdahoSports.com. Um, just one of those kids that you you really like to see. And it's, he's a definite downfield threat. Uh, Lucius Comus from Logos. I'm sorry, but when you have over 1,100 receiving yards, you make my all all North Idaho team. Um, Logos as an eight man team aired it out quite a bit, but Comus had some gaudy stats. I mean, you look at receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. He was, I think, in the top five in all three of those categories in one A D one. Braden Rice from Lewiston. Um, you know, this he had a great career. He's going to go to the University of Idaho next year as well. Um, but just one question, uh, you need some tough yards. You're going to throw them in the slot. You can put them down on the outside and let stretch the field with them. He's just one of those dudes that you go, you go after. Yeah, that's, uh, again, a pretty impressive group of guys, uh, at that wide receiver position. Um, I think my favorite, obviously Colby Luna of Kellogg nationally ranked in receiving yardage. Um, Braden Rice was a guy from Lewiston that I thought also was pretty impressive and got overshadowed at times by some of the other skill guys, but he was a big play for just They had so many weapons on that offensive team. It was like, take your pick. And so, you know, you might see like them dominate for just a game or two, but they're just dudes. They have guys all over the field on that team. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty imp impressive. Okay, let's go to the running backs now, and this is another loaded group uh, headlined by two guys in the same backfield from Post Falls. Yeah, so uh, down the list, I've got John Cornish of Lakeland. J
Yeah, I think we lost Ryan again there. I think he glitched out. But uh, you can see the running backs across the bottom if you're watching the video version of this on IdahoSports.com. Tevin Burns at Post Falls. Jake Bustamante of Post Falls. Of course, Burns infamously filled in for uh, Bustamante in that game at the end of the regular season, and he scored seven touchdowns in the one contest. Uh, John Cornish from Lakeland might be the fastest dude on this list. I don't know. We might have to line him up and see him race. Cleo Hensley, Bonners Ferry, Jackson Lathan of Lewiston. Ryan, you back with us? Oh, no. <laughs> Still lagging. Um, so, yeah, uh, when I look at this list, Jackson Lathan is a guy we talked about a lot this year where I thought, you know, Lewiston didn't get him the ball enough in the early going. And then they figured out pretty quickly that, hey, this guy's pretty dynamic. <laughs> we should try to get him the ball as much as we can. And so uh, for Lathan, he really came on as the season went along as well. Okay, Ryan, you back with us? I'm here. Yeah. Okay. You got me? Yes. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I was listening to what you're saying. Like, Lathan's a guy in Lewis in the backfield. I think, you know, next year you could realistically look at, you know, the, the two with him and Hottinger. The Bengals are not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, Tevin Burns, you're going to have back next year for post falls as well. Uh, Cornish had a unbelievable career and like you said yeah he's an absolute burner he's a game changer at the running back position that you know he's going to get his and we kind of made joked around before the season started that you know that's a guy you got to watch for him because he's going to get a 50 yard run every game and he does i mean i think it was all but one game this year he had like a 50 yard carry um and then in the one game that he didn't i think it was like 46 so i mean <laughs> he was close enough but and then cleo hensley for the for the badgers I think is the one that gets overlooked a little bit for, for that Bonners Ferry team and what they did this year. You know, he was a huge part of it along him and Blake Rice. And, um, you know, they they were a great tandem in the backfield. It was like having two running backs. Obviously, one of them had to play quarterback, so Cleo ends up being the running. Um, but, yeah, just a, a great pair, and he had a great career for the Badgers and uh, a great season, you know, obviously ending in that loss to Weezer, But, um you know, all these guys are just deserving of the accolades of, of what comes out. And it's somebody that may have been overlooked. I don't know. But what he did in the championship game that you had was um, Sawyer Hewitt from Kendrick, I think, is another kid that maybe got overlooked. And I, you only have so many spots. But what he did in that championship game was just absolutely unbelievable of a performance. Um, and so, you know, that's another person that I'd like to mention. I don't have him on the list, but just another guy that's kind of floating around out there, only a sophomore for the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, he's got plenty of time <laughs> to make the list, yeah. right? Only only a yeah. sophomore. Um, but yeah, very good group of running backs. Okay, before we get to the quarterbacks, you've got a special category here for athlete. These are guys that play tight end sometimes. They play wide receiver sometimes. They play in the slot. They play running back. Two guys here that really could play anywhere in the formation. Yeah, Thomas Calder of Lakeland and Zach Johnson of Lake City. Uh, Zach Johnson is a game changer. Um, I watched him and, you know, in my opinion, I think pound for pound might be the best player in North Idaho. Um, he's just a, a freak of an athlete. He's going to go play for the Vandals. Um, but just he's a guy you have to – he's going to get his. Like we talked about it. We had that Sandpoint Lake City game. It's like, well, where's Johnson lined up? Because they're just going to get him the ball, and he's going to score a touchdown. Sure enough, they get him at wide receiver. They put him on side. He gets like a 69-yard bomb. Um, you know, he plays on defense at middle linebacker. And plays like his hair is on fire. He's just one of those guys that you love to see. Calder, you know, we saw him at running back. We saw him running the fly sweep. We saw him in the passing game. You know, he was he was everywhere. And 
I mean, he got overshadowed because you have John Cornish running for 1,600 yards in a season. But Calder wasn't far behind that. I mean, he was right around 1,000 yards for the year as well. So um, just another one of those kids that, you know, a great athlete and a great player for the Lakeland Hawks. Yeah, and uh, again, I would love to line all these guys up and have them race to see who really is the fastest because Calder, Cornish, I mean, they're, they're on the same team, of course, but all these guys yeah. – Really tremendous, and now and then finally, our quarterbacks. These are all guys that can really spin the ball here. Did a nice job of getting big school, small school, medium sized schools a good sample here of QBs. Yeah, they got got one almost from every classification, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, let's we'll start at the top. Parker Pettit from Sandpoint. I mean, what an unbelievable career for him and and what he was able to do back to back state, you know, a state semifinal game, back two state semifinal games, and a state championship game. Um, as a starting quarterback of a varsity football team is, is an impressive resume. Um, you look at, you know, some of his accolades too. He's a four point GPA kid with a 1520 SAT. I mean, he's brilliant in the classroom and just one of those guys that, you know, the kids on the team want to, you want to play for a guy like that. Um, and as a coach, you want a kid like that as your quarterback, cause you can trust him. I mean, you put him back there and he's just going to will his way to victory. Uh, Drew Hottinger from Lewiston, you look at him and, and, you know, we got a chance to talk to him briefly during the Kendrick Castleford game. Um, and he's just he's just a good kid. I mean, he's such a he's just a, a nice kid that works so dang hard. You look at like his stature, he's your prototypical, like tall, like big, strong-armed quarterback, but he makes great decisions in the pocket. He's athletic. He can he can actually tuck and run too if he wants, but he can flat spin it when he throws the ball. Um, and definitely one of those kids that we're gonna keep an eye on next year. He's only a junior. Ripley Luna from Kellogg. I mean, what do you have to say? Like you look at the connection that he had with his brother, uh, with Colby, and you look at like Varick Meredith that was in the passing game as well. That, you know, that that Kellogg offense, when they were on, they were on. Um, he definitely is deserving of his his spot here on the list. Uh, Blake Rice from Bonners Ferry, a great leader. I mean, you just look at the kid, he wants to win. He want he's you know, clamor when the ball game was on the line, he was asking for the ball. And he was asking to, to put things away. Um, you know, Coach Hinthorn spoke very highly of Blake. And, you know, it's just one of those kids I know that they're going to miss, you know, when his time's done at Bonners Ferry, they're going to miss him. And, uh, but uh, just a truly special athlete, but a great leader out there as well. And then Ty Kep from Kendrick, um, only a junior, but you look at the intangibles that he possesses at the eight man level, it's just, it's rare that you have it. And it's rare that you have him for a kid like that you know, for another year. I mean, they're going to run this one back, I think, again next year in my way too early prediction. But um, they're my way early favorite for the state championship again at the 1AD2 level, just with the tools and weapons he's got around him. And he's just a great kid. And he eats this podcast up. So he, like, watches this thing religiously. So that, too, obviously earns him a spot in here. But um, I actually have a funny story about, about Ty was – his, his teacher, Mr. Forsman, was in the booth um, as the public address announcer during the playoff games at Lewiston High School. And he's like, oh, yeah, he watches you guys all the time. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I mean, does he just eat up football? He's like, oh, yeah, he just, you know, soaks up the game. And um, he's a student of the game. I'll catch him sometimes in class. And I'm like, who are you watching, Ty? And he's like, I'm watching Weebo Montana playing so-and-so. <laughs> you know, it's like, or Greno or somebody. And it's like, okay. Like, I mean, he watches eight-man games from all across the country. And just loves the game of football and it shows up on the field, but just a great kid and a cool story about him. 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's incredible uh, when, when you told me that. And I was like, that is so awesome because there's some good eight-man football in, in you know, Colorado and Texas. and Monta- You watch those games in Florida? I mean, it's it's cool. That's where the new Lighthouse Christian coach came from. He came from yeah. Florida where he ran, he won multiple championships down there running this spread offense. I think he figured out that the spread in Idaho doesn't really work, especially in the playoffs, but yeah. when, when it's cold, but um, yeah, there, there are a lot of good eight man football. So uh, that, that was a really cool story about Ty cap. And that's our offensive players that made the North Idaho, all, all North Idaho football team, or as I like to call it the Skaggsies awards. All right. <laughs> You'll start to see on this defensive side of the ball, I had to start abbreviating a lot of the schools where these guys play because I'm limited to 200 characters. Uh, it's like Twitter. So uh, because there were so many guys at every position that, and, and even some really got good guys that got cut because yep. really the strength up North this year, I think we would both agree was on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. This defensive, it, it was this thing, like, I mean, trying to come up with it, was so dang hard because there's kids that i know that are out there that aren't on this list and i'm like i kind of want to say like i'm sorry but you you can't put like 13 guys in one position (laughs) so there's some there's some dudes out there that are deserving of their positions but yeah i mean you look at north idaho and if i was a college coach i'd be licking my chops watching film of these north idaho teams because one there's big hitters but two it's just they play sound defensive football and you know, like some of these kids that we'll, we'll, we'll mention and everything. It's like, you know, there's a bunch of guys on this list that are playing on Saturdays. A lot of guys. Yes. And a, a couple of names you'll recognize from the offensive side of the ball as well. So let's, let's start with the defensive lineman. I really hope you didn't freeze up again, Ryan, but here's okay. Here's our defensive lineman. And there was a lot of good ones here. Yeah. So we got uh, Matthias McLean from priest river. Trevor Miller of Post Falls, Camden DeGraw of Coeur d'Alene, Robert Storm of Lewiston. I sound like the guy that does the OxyClean commercials, but wait, there's more. Um, because just that starting four, I start that list and you're like, holy smokes. Um, and then you have Joel Possinger of Timberlake, Aaron Ivankovich of Coeur d'Alene, James White of Lewiston, Jose Laguna of Post Falls, and Hutton Hegbloom of Lakeland. That is, I'm that's an insane, insane list. And if, if a lot of these guys aren't all state, I don't know what the voters are doing statewide, but this list is freaking psychotic. When you look at the level of athletes that are on the field, um, just in this list alone, uh, Matthias McLean is an absolute freak show game changer um, on the defensive side of the ball. If you watch his huddle film, you know, he's launching guys, you know, five, six, seven yards um, and he's sacking the quarterback, you know, him and Trevor Miller, I don't know if they necessarily know each other ton well. They're going to be teammates at University of Idaho, but um, they could have had a competition for sacks on the year because it was like, whatever you can do, I can do better. Trevor Miller was an absolute monster at the defensive position. He was the IEL MVP as a defensive end. Um, so when you're able to do something like that with the guy, likes of guys like Drew Hottinger and Jackson Lathan and, and the other weapons, Jake Bustamante in that conference, and you get MVP of the entire league, playing on the end on the edge that's saying something that he's you know a special type of athlete Camden DeGraw from Coeur d'Alene uh, and Ivankovic that defensive front I mean Coeur d'Alene you'll see some other names in there um, as well later in the list but you know that Coeur d'Alene defense was was really good it was just you know they, I think the offensive struggles of that Vikings team was really tough to surmount but they kept themselves in games 
with that defensive unit. And those two, those two dudes had a lot to do with that. Uh, Robert Storm from Lewiston. Uh, numbers. If you were number zero and you're on the defensive line, you better be able to back that up. And he definitely did with his play. Um, Storm is a, he's a he's a a good athlete. I mean, deceptively good athlete for as big as he is. Um, I believe he did have an interception this year too on the defensive line. Um, but just uh, he's a game changer in the middle for that Bengals defense. Uh, Postinger from Timberlake um, was a guy that just he was always in on the play. He's very gritty, very. Um, physical player for for the Tigers and and you know what they're able to do defensively, I think kind of hinges around what disruption he can cause up front. Look at James White. We said it earlier in the year. I think he's better on defense than he is at tight end, and he's a great tight end. Uh, I think he's just on the edge. He's he's a different type of. He's got an extra gear, um, and he's just a disruptor on the defensive line. And Jose Laguna was one of those guys that he's always around the ball. He's a wrestler. He's got great leverage. He's not the biggest guy, but he's always just in the mix. And, um, you know, when you have to draw so many double teams on Trevor Miller like he got all year, you know, Laguna feasted on the ability to to get a lot of one-on-one matchups, and he won them. And he did a great job up front for the Trojans. And that defensive unit for post falls was so deceptively good all year long. And then Hutton Hegbloom for the Hawks, um, just a, a great kid, but – you know, works so insanely hard up front and, and for that Lakeland team and uh, very deserving of his position. And he was, you know, he had great linebacker play behind him as well. And, you know, that did did some favors for him and what he was able to do uh, for Lakeland defensively. Yeah, uh, that is a great group of defensive linemen. I think uh, obviously Robert Storm, or as you like to call him, uh, Agent Zero for for Lewiston, was a personal favorite of mine. You know, the very first game of the year, I did Coeur d'Alene against Rigby, and Aaron Ivankovic really stood out to me as well. Um, and then obviously McLean moving on to the to the D one level, and then Trevor Miller. He had a game where he had like what six sacks in one game or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah against yeah, Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's nuts. Like I mean, he had like seven tackles for loss in a game. I mean, it's like he's getting season long stats in a game. Like it's just unbelievable what he's able to do. Yeah, for sure. All right, linebacker was even more difficult. I don't even know who the best guy out of this group would be because they all are dudes. But take us through this group of linebackers. Yeah, this list is is psychotic. Like I don't know how else to like. I'm trying to come up with an adjective to describe this, but. Uh, you have Wes Benefield from Sandpoint. I mean, probably one of the better Mike linebackers to play in North Idaho in the last. I mean, obviously his brother Tag was probably equally as good as well. So I'm sure there's a little bit of competition on who had the better career. But um, Wes, just unbelievable job. He was an all-state linebacker last year for the Bulldogs. And I'm sure that he probably will end up on that list again this year. Uh, Cole Cripps from Post Falls was an absolute tackle machine. Um, what if if Trevor Miller ever missed a play, it was Cripps that was making it. Um, him and Gentry Smith in the middle for post falls were just awesome. Um, Gentry Smith is also on this list. Those two tandem at, at linebacker, I think, were kind of the the it made that defense, I think, so versatile because they are great in the passing game, too. Um, but just against the run, I mean, like, gosh, good luck. I mean, they were able what they were able to do. Um you know, double digit tackles every game. And I look back to that game against Lakeland where it was just like a contest of, it was like, you know, Cornish carry for six tackled by, you know, Gentry Smith or tackle. By, and it was the same way going to the other side of the ball. It was like Hegbloom, or it was, you know, you look at all the other linebackers that 
that Lakeland had. Chase Burcham had a tackle. And it was just like, all right, gosh, you look at I mean, the, an unstoppable force against the immovable object is basically what that defense was um, for the most of the year for the Trojans. Um, Varick Meredith for Kellogg, I believe, had the hundred almost 120 tackles this year um, for the Wildcats. That's just insane gaudy numbers, and he was a great linebacker for Kellogg. Somebody I think gets overlooked a little bit because of the talent at the 4A and 5A level in North Idaho. Um, but just a guy that, that plays so insanely hard. Shea Robertson was a newcomer to the Coeur d'Alene team. Um, you know, they're going to have him for another year. But as I, I had to ask if this was actually true um, because he transferred from a school in California. And one of his teammates down there said, yeah, he had 200 tackles last year. And I'm like, no, 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 he did not. And he's like, yeah, no, he did. And I'm like, show me the stat. And like, you know, so it's like screenshot and yeah like this dude is legit and he played linebacker for the vikings and he's a he's only a junior and he's a freak like i mean he's a three-star guy and he's he's earned it i think he gets kind of overlooked because quarter didn't have the best season but if quarter was in the top of the iel everybody's talking about this kid because he plays so dang hard um zach johnson from lake city we already talked about him he's the best guy on both sides of the ball um, on the field, he just plays with such a motor and plays fearless. Um, Owen Wimmer from Sandpoint, that Sandpoint linebacker crew. I mean, you talked about it in the broadcast when you had them against Skyline, might be the best in the state. I would still stand on that. Like that, that group of guys is just, they work so dang hard. Um, and, you know, really not having the, I don't want to say they have the best defensive front. I mean, they have a couple guys up front that are pretty good. Um, I mean, you look at like Levi Ballison does a great job on the edge, but. It's just, you know, they play – they have to make a ton of plays, and and they do. And that's, you know, why they have so many tackles. You look at both of them, I think we're over 80 for the year. Um, but, you know, they get tackles for loss or sacks. They don't get burned in, in coverage. They just – they play consistently and play well. Um, Gentry Smith from Post Falls, we already talked about with him, and Cole Cripps, just a, a great one-two punch at linebacker for the Trojans. Chase Burcham is a guy that, you know, you look at the end of the game, he's the one that's covered in mud from head to toe. He's, he's the one that's like, you know, he's basically having to be carried off the field because he's just spent. He plays so hard and plays so fearless every game. Um, he doesn't get the stats and accolades like the guys like John Cornish or or Thomas Calder, but he's every bit of the reason that, they, that the Hawks had success. I think Chase Burcham had a ton to do with that as well for Lakeland. And, um, you know, he earns the accolades. And then Elliot Taylor from Lewiston is the one I look at in this list. And it's like, everybody's like, what do you forget about Elliot Taylor? He's a dog. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't forget him on my, I had this like poll on Twitter a couple weeks ago and I left him off because he's a lock dude. The guy is so good at <laughs> middle linebacker for the Bengals. Um, that, you know, this, this Lewiston team, I look at, they're just going to reload next year. They're dangerous. And, and the, the guys like Elliot and, and Hottinger and some of these other dudes, like they've built up the guys around them and underneath of them as great leaders. And uh, that Lewiston defense is going to be so, you know, I'm, I don't think they're going to miss a beat next year necessarily. Um, but Elliot Taylor, just a great job for Lewiston this year. And, you know, hats off to him and what he did for the Bengals. Cause he had a phenomenal season. Yeah. Uh, one little tidbit uh, I always like to remind people of is that uh, Zach Johnson and Varick Meredith were teammates at one point, right? Varick yep. Meredith started at Lake City and more basketball, right? They both were in the starting lineup their sophomore yes. years, and, and then Meredith yep. moved to Kellogg. And so um, kind of a cool deal, though. And uh, both those guys, of course, are going to be balling again this winter. So 
be yep. a lot of fun to watch them. Yeah, sure. no, there's there's some there's some dudes out there that are you know this is going to trans the wrestling. There's so many wrestlers on this list too, yeah. that uh you know are going to show up and, and make noise at state too. Yeah, for sure. All right, those are the linebackers. Let's go to the DBs. This is another crowded group. Uh, what do you think here? <laughs> um, I mean, like just looking at it right off the top, the ones that kind of stand out, like. I know these. There's some small school guys in here too that that I think got overlooked but made some serious noise. But uh, we'll start with Junis McGraw from Coeur d'Alene. Just a great, great DB for the Vikings. Um, had an awesome season and looking forward to to what able he's he's able to grow into in that position. Ripley Luna, um, as good of a as good of a quarterback as he is, I think he's a better DB. I really do. People are going to be like, dude, you are psycho for saying that. His instincts in the secondary are insane. And he tracks the ball so well um, and he covers well. He just doesn't get burned deep. He plays great in the secondary. And um, I mean, I, I told that to a couple of guys and they're like, dude, are you smoking crack? I'm like, I'm like, I'm telling you, well, go look at his stats and watch his film and watch his tape in the secondary. He's insane. Uh, Jack Zimmerman from Sandpoint. You could call him a linebacker. You could call him a DB. He plays kind of that hybrid strong safety joker type linebacker position but i put him in the secondary because he does end up in coverage quite a bit but just a heavy hitter i mean he's like if you want to knock out blow from a guy in your secondary that's going to come up and absolutely rock somebody uh, that needs to make either make a stop or break up a pass jack z is he's all over that and um you know he's just one of those kids that plays insanely hard plays insanely fast and you know he's an insane great baseball player but i mean if he wanted to play at the next level in the secondary future there as well especially maybe he might find his way to like getting some serious time off i think you were gonna say special I... teams but yeah froze up there we go no that, <laughs> that's all right teams, yeah yeah okay two funny things here uh again this was a crowded list you'll see our little scroll of text along the bottom 200 characters or less i had to leave the t off of sandpoint at the very end there because and they I also have Zach Zimmerman, yes. which would have been an I, awesome nickname. <laughs> I know because it was a, a you know it was a typo, obviously, but Jack Zimmerman really did play. It was almost like a rover position, right, where he could yeah. go cover a guy, but he would also walk up and play in the box as and well. He blitz too. He would blitz yeah. and go hit the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And so. like so, he's just a freak of a of a player, and it's one of those kids that just you'd love to have because he he. And the, most of the standpoint kids are that way too, but they just hit so dang hard. Like they just play hard till till the end of the game. Like he's one of those kids that just he'll sit down when the game's over. Then it looks like he's finally breathing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we can start that hype train, Zach Zimmerman, instead of uh, Jack Zimmerman <laughs> from standpoint. That's funny. Uh, okay. Well, Jack, I mean, Jack Zimmerman hits a couple bombs in baseball. He's going to earn that Jack name too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Uh, okay. Uh, let's go to the special teams. You picked two kickers slash punters and then two uh, return guys as well here on special teams. Yeah. Um, so special kicker punter, Owen Forsman from Lakeland. He's only a junior. He's going to be playing on Saturdays. I can flat out tell you that right now. He's one of the best kickers in the area. He hit a 45-yard field goal in one of the games that I had this year. I think it was against Coeur d'Alene. Um, Jacob Go from Sandpoint, just consistent in, in, this, in the kicking game. He was always – there and it, I mean he could boot it a little bit in the punting game, but once in a while he'd get up and tee one off and and he you know in in kickoffs that's a nice weapon to have if you're able to 
either hit hit the end zone or if you're able to put one in the you know a high sky kick and you need to kick it to like the 27 into that hole there he's able to do that and he's multiple as a kicker and i think you know he earned my spot there return game junis mcgraw from Coeur d'Alene and aiden triana from post falls two dudes i don't want to see back there if i'm kicking off like just the speed that's there the skill set they have video game like Lost you at the end there, but uh, I, two things real quick about special teams. I was really looking forward to watching Owen Forsman kick when Lakeland played Pocatello in that playoff game, but they just, they turned the ball over too many dang times. I never got to see it because they kept copying it up on offense. But uh, second thing is I, I would give a special shout out here to Blake Rice from Bonners Ferry as well. He, he's already on the team at multiple other positions, played quarterback DB for them, but he was also a very underrated kicker this year for the Badgers. Yeah, I would say. no, he was a serviceable kicker for Bonners Ferry as well. And he was a weapon. He had a couple of game winners uh, for Bonners Ferry as well. So, um, and then some of the guys, obviously DB that we, we skipped over like the small school guys, Dave clue of, of, Camia and Jagger Hewitt from Kendrick are two guys that I would see. And then Summers and Craig from Post Falls that, you know, those are all guys that I would, if I'm any level, I would take them on my lineup. Absolutely. Definitely. And now the guys that are coaching them, you've got three coaches here that made your all North Idaho team. One gets offense, one gets defense, one gets special teams, I suppose, but I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't disagree with any of these guys. Yeah, no, Blaine Bennett from Post Falls. I mean, the turnaround that that team had this year um, and what they were able to do getting their first title, that hats off to the, that entire staff. I think that's a staff award more than it's just Coach Bennett's award. That The group of guys, they work so dang hard. Uh, Travis Hinthorne at Bonners Ferry having an undefeated regular season and the league title, hosting a playoff game. Like, just that whole mix of things was just kind of a magical, almost storybook Um you know, season for the, that Bonners Ferry team. Obviously, they would love to have made it further in the playoffs. And then Zane Hobart at Kendrick. I, you know, I know it's one A D two, but I don't care what you're able to do with taking that many underclassmen. And it's like a, you know, it starts the season with a stew, and at the end of the year, you end up with a, you know, fine Michelin star five course meal. That's what Coach Hobart's doing with that group of kids, and they're only going to get better. That's the scary part. And it starts a lot with what he's doing and getting those kids excited about the game of football and turning out, especially at the youth level. Like that is, I mean, if I'm, if I'm looking to hire a coach right now, coach Hobart's, you know, he's younger than I am. Um, I, I'm as far as a motivator, that dude is a, an absolute motivator of people and somebody that if I'm an AD somewhere, I'm, I'm pushing really hard to get that guy in my building. Yeah, it's remarkable, uh, the excitement that's pumping through that Kendrick community for sure. All right, now we get to the individual awards winners here. You posted these on Twitter last week, but maybe some of our audience didn't see these yet. Basically, you picked an offensive and defensive player of the year in every classification. So here we go. The Skagsy Award for 5A yeah, offensive. Yeah, so offensive player of the year at 5A, Jake Bustamante of Post Falls. Need I say more? He's so good at running back, just a dynamic athlete. Uh, defensive player of the year, Trevor Miller of Post Falls. To have two Trojans on this list says a lot about their season and what they've done um, and, and just the careers they had. Two great, great athletes that will be probably playing at the next level. 4A was so hard. I could not separate these two kids. Um, 
just because of the careers they had, but also the seasons that they had this year. John Cornish of Lakeland and Parker Pettit from Sandpoint. Neither of their teams, without these guys on their team, neither of these teams have the runs that they did and had the success that they would um, if they weren't on the field. So that's the reason why I had to split this award. Um, defensive player of the year at 4A, I've got Wes Benefield. Just, I mean, I don't have to say more. Like the dude, just yeah. his play speaks for himself. And just a great, great player and, and a kid that works so insanely hard. I'm excited to see what's in his future. Uh, 3A Offensive Player of the Year, Blake Rice from Bonners Ferry. Well-deserved, unbelievable leader. Doesn't matter where he's at on the field. He'll go into motion out of a wildcat, and he'll catch a pass if he has to. Um, just one of those guys that works so dang hard, and 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 the, his players around him rally around him. They reflect his play. Uh, defensive Player of the Year is Charles Hensley from Bonners Ferry. Um, Charles did a great job in the secondary for that Badgers team. Um, plays really, really hard. Had a lot of pass breakups, some interceptions, um, but plays great against the run. He'll come up and make a few sticks. But had he had the freak show play of the year, where he stole the ball as Blake Rice held up the the Wood River player going into the end zone. Charles Henley stole the ball at the half yard line and returned it 49 yards, and le- which eventually led to a Bonners Ferry touchdown. But just an insane play and he plays so hard co-offensive player your two-way uh colby and ripley luna need we say more those two gentlemen um you know rewrote the record books for that kellogg team and and at the state level and what they've done is just insane as far as offensive numbers two-way defensive player of the year matthias mclean he's a freak you go watch his go watch his huddle film and you'll see why i put him as the defensive player of the year it doesn't matter who he's playing he just stands out uh, 1A D1 Offensive Player of the Year. I have Terrell Ellenwood Jones of Lapway. Um, dynamic player on the field. The Wildcats don't get to the playoffs without him. Um, you know, he really willed his way to victory in a few of their tight games that they had. He took over in a tough conference. That's just a kid that I see, you know, I'd love to have on my team. He's an athlete that he just wants to play and he want, he loves to win. And I think as a um, coach, that's what you want. Uh, the Defensive Player of the Year, Dave Clute from Kamei. Um, just a great player in the secondary get for the Cubs. He's two way guy, but just plays dang hard. And uh, you know, we could talk about Colton O'Kane as well on that, you know, for that Cub team, but both those guys just play so hard for Cameo on a great season on their league championship. Uh defense offensive player that you won a D2. Need I say more? Ty Cap. Like that kid spins it with the best of them. He runs it with the best of them. Um, doesn't make bonehead plays. He's just smart, he's savvy. Doesn't try to do more than what he's asked to do, but when he needs to make a big play, he does. And you saw it yourself on Friday night. Um, he's just he's a winner. And then the guys around him try to match his level. And if that's as a coach, I'm begging for that at, at the quarterback position and, and as a leader. Uh, and the defensive player of the year, Jagger Hewitt um, from Kendrick as well. I had a game. He had three picks in the opening round. Their their quarterfinal round win. Uh, against Camas County, but he's just everywhere on the defensive side of the ball. If you're like calling a game for Kendrick, that's a name that it, you almost feel like a broken record because he's everywhere on the field, every stinking play. He's either making a block, he's either making a stop, he's blowing up a block, he's doing something on the field that's going to make a positive play for his team and and well-deserved defense. He's amazing in the secondary. All great players. I can't argue with any of them. Uh and what a tremendous batch of athletes from from North Idaho. Uh, it's it, I love that you do this every year, Ryan, because you you take the time to recognize 
like like not just the oh yeah post falls kendrick yeah, the good teams yada yada but like hey this player from Coeur d'Alene, shea robertson nobody talked about him all year long and now we're going to give him the spotlight uh yeah the, the wide receiver from logos i mean you just you do a tremendous job of shining the spotlight on on the local athletes and that's really what this this podcast is all about so thank you for all the hard work you put into that each year Thanks. No, it's my pleasure. And, you know, I said when we started this prep cast was like, this is going to be about the kids. And there's a bunch of kids that put in a ton of work and they work insanely hard and their parents and their communities are behind them. And those kids need the credit. Like they need a spot to be seen and be, you know, be acknowledged. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the second string, you know, swimmer, you're cross country football, whatever we're going to, if you're, working hard we're gonna see it and people recognize that in life and and especially in athletics and uh it's worth worth being noted definitely all right well we will uh take the rest of the week off for the thanksgiving holiday happy thanksgiving ryan happy thanksgiving and looking forward to having you uh venture up north soon so yeah we're, we're excited to uh to make the move up north as well um so yeah stay tuned for that and uh next week we'll get back into the into the regular flow of things winter sports girls basketball off and running 5a iel gonna be a slobber docker again no doubt about well, it uh, death taxes and lapway girls basketball being really good <laughs> You know, if if it wasn't bad enough, Jordan McCormick Marks was the MVP of the uh, 1A D1 state tournament last year. We voted on that at IdahoSports.com. Uh, just a sophomore, her younger sister Jalen McCormick Marks is there now. She's a freshman. Oh boy. So. Yeah, uh, that that tandem, that team is to say loaded is an understatement. So yeah. Anyways, yeah. a lot of good girls. Bat. We'll talk girls hoops next week. Uh, boys hoops starts in about two weeks, and then wrestling right around the corner as well. We got some really cool exciting things uh in the works for wrestling ryan on idahosports.com we are bringing back the individual rankings the weekly rankings by weight class statewide it's going to be so exciting yes. to bring yes. that back so love it it's good it's gonna be a lot of fun for for all the wrestling fans out there as well so all right uh happy thanksgiving everybody hopefully uh you get to where you're going safely and then back home as well and We'll see you next time on the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.